I recently came across a headline by the Daily Beast that caught my eye. It surrounds a subject that we have discussed on this podcast time and time again. In fact, as I speak to you now, we are dropping an episode with Greg from Cannabis Observer regarding this topic. Check it out when you get the chance. The headline from the Daily Beast reads, Leaked document shows how legal weed could go horribly wrong. And while CNBC is projecting the legal cannabis industry to be a $70 billion industry by 2028, according to the Daily Beast, cannabis businesses in legacy West Coast states like California and Oregon are struggling to, to keep up, to, to stay afloat. Among other problems, they're being, dis- they're being squeezed by high taxes, low margins, and oversupply as companies large and small rush to enter the fray. To avoid this uncertainty and to guarantee high profits, the country's biggest cannabis companies, some of them publicly traded with valuations in the billions of dollars, are angling for regulations that would see government handing them what critics say is a near oligopoly. That is all according to a source who leaked um, internal documents to the Daily Beast. The industry insider claimed that, quote, Companies don't want to compete, end quote, and provided the Daily Beast with a document that they described as privileged and confidential. The document, a presentation entitled The Intentional Federal Regulation, or sorry, it's just Intentional Federal Regulation. Um, according to the reporting, the presentation was given to the Committee of the United States Cannabis Council which is a Washington lobbying group representing some of the largest companies, uh, cannabis companies in the country. The the source spoke under the condition of anonymity for fear of being removed from the organization and suffering other professional repercussions. Leadership from USCC, a Washington, D.C.-based lobbying organization that spent $33,500 so far this year lobbying in the Senate, according to recent filings, and whose members include major cannabis companies such as Cureleaf, Pharmacan, and Cresco Labs, rejected the characterizations of its policies as false. Leadership from the USCC claimed the presentation, which actually suggests nationwide marijuana legalization without careful rules, could produce a big tobacco-style oligopoly in cannabis, and that the current companies are a solution to that problem. They, they claimed that that was merely a third-party pitch that the organization didn't ex- accept. In a statement, Stephen Hawkins, not Stephen Hawking, <laughs> Stephen Hawkins, the organization's CEO, who is also the executive director of the Marijuana Policy Project, claimed that the presentation does not represent the group's priorities. As we've discussed multiple times before on this show, cannabis legalization in the Midwest and East has by and large been passed by state legislatures rather than by voter initiatives, and this is often come packaged with strict government limits on how many businesses will be issued licenses to grow and sell the cannabis products. Limited licensing has allowed the few companies lucky enough to win licenses to become national players valued at multiple billions of dollars in just a few years. Hawkins insists his group has no position on license caps. According to the reporting by the Daily Beast, 
the leaked document highlights stable state markets as the, quote, core of legal cannabis's success to this date. According to their source, that means enshrining state laws that restrict the number of businesses allowed to grow and sell cannabis. Such laws are credited, like I've just said a little bit earlier, with allowing a limited number of billion-dollar cannabis companies to emerge, and some of which have flipped their licenses for tens of millions of dollars in cash and stock to larger players. For example, the Daily Beast reported that limited license, limited state licensing is why an investment trust paid a total of $49 million for a former tool factory in Massachusetts that's licensed to grow cannabis. For its part, the presentation also touts state equity programs in which a certain percentage of licenses may be guaranteed to the to people of color or individuals identified as uh, being harmed by the drug war. Uh, they they list these as a key social justice uh, corrective. The problem, as critics have long noted, is that though it's well intentioned, so so called equity programs have so far failed to deliver, and have allowed some cannabis companies to present a woke pose while still reaping most of the profits. Um, You see this with some companies starting their little social equity uh, labs, right? It's like, what's the intention here, right? Another slide from the leaked presentation, a graph that notes the consolidation in various other industries signal where Big Weed wants to go, according to the source for the Daily Beast. At the top are industries like mobile phones and alcohol, where just a few firms control nearly all of the market. This is something that uh, Tom Shuba actually alluded to on uh, the episode that he appeared on on the CityCast Chicago podcast. He talked about, you know, if you go into any gas station, you're only going to see a few options for soda and those limited options are most likely owned by only a few companies and it and it seems that these that the cannabis industry is is posed to follow a similar trajectory of consolidation hawkins vigorously disputed and if you'll recall hawkins is the head of the uscc and the uh uh head of marijuana policy project vigorously disputed that the presentation was consistent with his group's larger agenda now experts who reviewed the material saw alignment with both the presentation and uscc's later comments as well as their public positions and some of the uscc members company's own public statements also appear to contradict their lobbyist denials that they're moving to ward off competition in fact as two companies tell their investors, they are valuable properties specifically because they have fewer competitors. In an annual management discussion and analysis report submitted to the regulators in Canada where cannabis is federally legal and where stock exchanges allow companies that directly deal with cannabis uh, with the cannabis plant to list publicly, Curaleaf notes that it maintains an operational footprint of primarily limited license states with natural high barriers to entry and limited market participants. The company also added that the majority of the markets in which our licensees operate have formal regulations limiting the number of cannabis licenses that will be awarded. 
helping to ensure that the company's market share is protected in these limited market states under the current regulatory framework. In an investor prospectus filed with the United States Security and Exchange Commission, Cresco Labs highlights its holdings in, uh, quote, eight highly regulated and or limited license licenses and therefore limited legal supply markets. They say these markets where supply and demand can be reasonably predicted and forecasted create the foundation upon which Cresco has created the opportunity for sustainable growth. Neither Cresco Labs nor Curaleaf responded to a, requ- to a request for comment, according to the Daily Beast. I really li- I wanted to close this small report with a quote from Justin Streckel, who is, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it is the president from, for National Normal. I pulled this quote out of the article, which I'll say the headline again, and I'll even post it in the podcast description if you'd like to read it for yourself, because there's some content that I'm breezing over, but I just giving you what I consider to be the meat and potatoes of this uh, story. Um, He says, These corporate players are trying to deny the basic principles of a market economy. They are marshalling the full weight of their resources to prevent others from entering the market, and that's inherently anti-American. I'm telling you folks, it makes me so happy to see this story being reported and, and hopefully we'll we'll have a nuanced discussion about this because frankly i'm tired of this discussion only happening on the chilhanoi podcast because i do my best to cover it but the fact that it is now receiving like headline coverage and and a lot of people are talking about it that that gives me some faith and let's hope that uh you know maybe people being aware of this might lead to some positive change you know change for the better but uh we'll see about that um that's the optimist in me anyway folks i hope you found some value in this podcast episode um and definitely check out our uh our portfolio we continue to release more episodes and uh we've got some got some really good content that we've released recently if you missed it check out our podcast with evan bruno a defense attorney right here uh, in the state of Illinois, he continues to defend uh, cases that uh, surround cannabis prosecutions, which begs the question, is cannabis really legal? And we kind of dive into that discussion. Um, it's a really fun podcast. For the first half of the podcast, we have a very focused discussion. For the second half of the podcast, we smoke some weed and just kind of go all over the place. So check that out and stay tuned for more episodes of the Chillinois podcast.